Okay, Boker Tov, we continue right at the last word on Chaf Beis, Ahmed Beis, the last word. We're going to come back to the discussion of ripping garments. And when the garment is ripped, for whom you may not repair the rip for. That's going to be the discussion. And Gomorrah is going to be looking for sources for all of these halachas. Tanarban, we learned in a brisa, which now takes us to the top of Chaf of Ahmed Aleph. Ve'elu korin, these are the people that you rip your garments for. She'ein mis'achin, that you can't mend them afterwards. However, it means they may not be repaired perfectly, but they can be stitched in a crude fashion after a certain amount of time has passed. But these are significant that you can't repair them as good as new. So there's a whole list. After we go through the list, we're going to find what's the source that you even rip for them before we even come to the point of you cannot repair them. So here we go. Number one, Hakore al-Avi Vanimo, one who rips his garments for his father and his mother. Number two, Val-Rabo Shalimudo Torah, and for his Rebbe who taught him Torah. Now that's your primary teacher, as we said before. Number three, Va'al Nasi, and for the ruler of the nation. Number four, Va'alav Basin, one of the head of the basin, the chief justice of the Sanhedrin. Val Shmuas Ros, and for bad tidings. The Gemara later on will tell us what is included in a bad tiding. Val Birchas Hashem, here's a euphemism, and the blessing of Hashem really means the curse of Hashem. When you hear a, a Jew blaspheming God, okay. Next, Val Sefer Torah if you're in the presence of a Torah skull that's actually burning. Val Ore Yehuda, and when you come and it has been more than 30 days and you see the ruins of the cities of Judea. Val Hamikdash, and we go over the area where the temple was destroyed, the Harabais. Area, Va'al Yerushalayim, and over Yerushalayim. So, what would we'll get to the order? It, no, just is it seeing it or being on it? No, seeing it. See, did I say on it? It says over. I mean, over means for it. <laughs> like, for it. You make a blessing over bread. Are you standing on bread? No, you're blessing over that. So, you have to, so you, you first rip your garment over the first destroyed city of Yehuda that you see. You don't have to. And then he has to rip again for the runes of Shalim, even though that's one of the cities of Yehuda. And on the other hand, if he saw the runes of Shalim first and ripped his garments, they doesn't rip over the runes of Judea. Now, I don't think we have runes of Judea anymore because the country's pretty well built up. No, but if you go into the archaeological... Yeah, but that's. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think we do that anymore. Because first of all, we're, we're, we're going to do your shalim. Yeah. When you're when you're coming to Israel, I assume the first thing you're doing is not going to archaeological ruins. Probably the first thing you're doing is you're going to your shalim. But you're independent. No, no, but but if you did Yerushalayim first, you don't do, look at the last thing, you don't do it over the lesser cities. So it's like your gradation, so to speak. Okay, we'll talk more about, more specifics about that. Uh, 
we're kind of jumping. So Korea al Yudaval Amikdash, Korea al Mikdash. Now it gives a final, and, and you rip uh, for the runes of the temple, but then Umosif al Yerushalayim, and you extend the rip over Yerushalayim. In other words, you're not obligated to make a new rip upon seeing Yerushalayim, but you can simply extend the original, original one you made when you saw the temple runes. Gomorrah is going to all explain all this. End of the Brysa. Now, let's go back to each and every one of these things. How do you know you have to rip your garments to begin with for parents, your primary teacher, uh, so those those first two things. What's the Torah source for this? Okay, so the first one is dealing with when Elio was taken away by the cloud, the wind, and left Elisha. So what did Elisha do? As the Pesach says, Elisha was watching what was going on, and he screamed out, Avi, Avi, Father, Father! Rechav Yisrael, Israel's chariot, uparashav and horsemen. Now, the most important part the Gemara does not bring down, but the rest of the Pasuk says, and then he saw him no more. He took hold of his garments and ripped them into two torn pieces. Okay, so now, Avi, Avi, so when he said, Father, Father, is an allusion to the passing of one's father and mother. In other words, Elisha considered Eliyahu, his mentor, was like a father and a mother to him. Therefore, he screamed out, Father, Father, twice. So here we, and he rent his garments. So therefore, we see that you do that over parents. Okay, so, because it wasn't just Stama Rebbe. This is more than just a Rebbe. This was like Mamish, he felt it was like parents. Is this halakha? Because we don't, I thought we don't learn halakha from nothing. No, that's, uh, you're not learning the law. That's just what he did. The fact that he did this shows us what people were doing. So it's not the source. It's not the source that God tells you to rip. We just know. We just know that that's what the Jews did. So it's historical record. So, he wasn't machadesh the halacha. He was doing what everybody did. That's all. And if 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 the navi gets up and says. The halacha for such a thing is this and that. We don't listen to that. But he just see what was his behavior. Now he didn't make it up himself, the Navi. He was doing behavior that was common for all Jews to do. The fact that he did that just shows that's what Jews did. That's the proof. It's a historical proof, not a halachic proof. But historical is also important. Because why would he rip his garment unless that was the halacha? So he's just behaving in the way the halacha dictated. So if that's the halacha, then where do, where do we get that halacha from? That's the question. That was a, uh, that's a, a masora. That that they don't care to know anymore. Just the masora. It could uh, it, what, whatever the rabbis decided at that time. This is how you mourn for them. That's all. That's um, there is no other basis for it. So sometimes. You know, not everything is in the Torah. A lot of thing is what has been the Minig Yisrael. And that was obviously the Minig Yisrael. At what time did that start? It could have been Moshe Rabbeinu telling us what the Minig Yisrael is. But that, that's not... Um, 
it's obviously not, and that's part of honoring parents and part of showing your mourning. But that that is the only source we have for that. Nowhere else. Uh, so when they were when Moshe was teaching people how to mourn, whatever, or when a certain Bezdin was saying, okay, so what is the best way to mourn? So they say you rip your garments when you see that your parents die. Now Rechav Yisrael Uparashav when he calls Israel's chariot and horsemen. Now, why did he say that? Zerabo Shalim the Torah. That's his Rebbe who taught him Torah. Okay? Now, my mashma, what's the implication? This refers to a Torah teacher. Just the words Rechav Yisrael Parashav. Targum Rav Yosef. As Rav Yosef did the Targum. Now, remember, Rav Yosef was blind. So you cannot say blind, you're not allowed to say words of Torah by heart. So, what did he do when he learned Torah? So, he said it all in Aramaic. And he translated this, Rebbe, Rebbe, my teacher, my teacher, you're more beneficial to Israel with your prayers than chariots and horsemen. So the fact that Rav Yosef interpreted the words father, father, and as teacher, teacher, so it's referring to a teacher. So from this extra level of Elisha's cry, means you're required to rip your garments even over the death of a Torah teacher. Okay, so that's the idea from, so from one incident, the way the Navi writes it down, it's showing us that that is what the way people were mourning at that time. Okay, it's ripping, but how do you know you can't sew it back together? How do you know you can't sew it back together? Because look what the Navi says, he grabbed onto his clothing, and he ripped them. And I didn't have to say anything more. Why'd well, have to say Lishnaim Karoim to two pieces? He ripped them. What did he say to two pieces for? Yikram, if he already says he ripped them. Ain't he ripped them into two pieces? He ripped them to always be two pieces that they cannot be sewn back together again. So that's, you see, from the death of a father, a mother, or a teacher, etc. That's how we learn it. Okay. Can you talk about the ripping? You can't, like, rip from here to here. You have to rip from the end so it's in two pieces. Right. We talked about that before. Yes. 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 That's for parents. Yeah. For other relatives, we can rip... In the middle, as we said, does not necessarily have to be two pieces. Okay, very nice. Now there's an obvious question. What's this? What's this story teaching us? When your parents die, did Elio die? Did Elio die? No. Oh, so Amalei Reish Lakish or Rabbi Yochanan, Elio Chayu. Elio's alive. He just went up to heaven in a whirlwind. He didn't die. So why didn't he wrap his garment? So interesting uh, spin. Since it says, afterwards it says, he didn't see him anymore. In relation to Elisha, he's like a dead person. Okay? It means Elisha was sure he'd never see him again. So if, let's say, your Rebbe goes away I'm going to China, never to come back. Okay, he's alive. Nebuch, I'll miss him. You, you rip your garment if, if your 
if if your 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 parents say, okay, we had enough, we're moving to China. Good luck. We won't see you again. We'll die thirty years from now in China. You don't rip your garments, even though you don't see them. So, but here, when he went in a whirlwind, he didn't see left planet Earth. So if, if you would see your parents go away in a whirlwind alive, you'd have to rip your garments too. <laughs> okay, so that's the point. All right, that's the proof for parents and your main Rebbe. Now we move on to Nossi, the, the prince, the Avbezdin, the head of the courts, Ushmuos Rose and bad reports. We know how to know you have to rip your garments. So here was a very, uh, a combination of things over here. When... Shaul and his sons and the Jewish people went to fight the major battle with the Plishtim. They lost horrifically. A messenger came back to David and told him all the things that happened. Now what happened? We have Shaul, who's the king who dies. Okay, we'll put it together. Yonason, his the three sons in total of Shaul died. The Jews got massacred. You're talking about tens of thousands of Jews got wiped out in a battle. That's bad news also. So what did David do? David And David grabbed onto his garments, and he ripped them. As did all the people who were with them. Still not finished with the Pasuk. And they eulogized, and they cried, and they fasted until the evening. Pasuk still going on. Al Shaul over Shaul, for all Yoinuson Beno over Yoinuson his son, Val Am Hashem and over the nation Hashem, Val Beis Yisrael in the house of Israel, Kinaflu Becharev, who fell by the sword. So now let's see who is who over here. Obviously, Shaul is a Nasi, he's the ruler. Okay, Yoinuson. Yoyna's son was Ze'av Bezin. He was the head of the Bezdin. Elam Hashem al over the nation of, the, of Hashem and the Jews, Eitesh Musros. Those are bad tidings. Okay, so therefore you see, because it says he ripped over all these things, which would seem, now we'll see. So now what might you ask at this point? How is this maybe not a perfect proof? What, what did he rip his garments for? How many things? All of them. Three. What was the big one? So Rav asks, Maybe only when all three happen, you rip your garments. How do you know if any one happens, you rip your garment? The answer is, we got some extra words. Amalei, he says, Al, Al, it keeps saying the word over, over. It could have said once. It says like this. He, they ripped their garments over Shaul, over Yonasan, over the nation of Hashem, over the house of Israel. Just say over Shaul, Yonasan, the house of Israel. Why everyone's an over so since David received all the reports at once, he must have made only one rent over all of them. For this is analogous to being informed of two relatives' deaths in a single report. Okay, however, since the verse interjects the word over before each calamity, it implies that each individual tragedy deserves a separate ripping. Now, 
The Gemara does not cite a source for the rule in these cases that the rip may not be mended. You'd think the first part by the parents, then how do you know it can't be mended? It said it ripped it into two pieces. So how do we know that you can't fix it? The Gemara here doesn't say. But the rush says we can derive it with comparing the verses cited with Elio and Elijah. By both verses it says, Vayechazek big bodov. He ripped, he held out his garments, Vayikrim, and ripped them. And the similar wording was used by both. And by Elisha's, we know that it wasn't repaired. So sort of like Shava of that similarity. Okay. So now the Gemara has a question. And what's the question? You just proved to me you rip your garments for bad news. Gemara now asks, Umi Karina Do we really rip our garments for bad news? They once reported to Shmuel the following bad news. Kotal Shvor Malka, King Shvor Malka, non-Jew, he killed Tresar Alpha Yehuda, 12,000 Jews, where? Bimezigas Kesari, in Mezigas Kesaria, it's the name of a place, probably a suburb of Caesarea. So is that bad news or not? Yes, That's bad news. Hello, Kara. And he didn't rip his garments. So what's going on? So here comes a very big qualification. Lo Amr, no, this rule of bad news, Ella Barov Tzibur, when it's dealing with the maturity of the congregation, Ubemaisa Shahoyo, as is with this event that happened with Shaul, it says there clearly the nation of Hashem and the house of Israel fell by the sword. Now what's the difference? It doesn't mean the majority of the Jews were in battle. It doesn't mean they were like, 400,000 Jews in battle with Shaul that lost. But it means the majority of the nation assembled to do battle and it suffered a crushing defeat. That's one shot. Or the majority, versus the majority of one tribe of Israel, since every tribe is a congregation, and in Shaul's final battle, the number of Jews killed was equal to more than half of the members of a single tribe. So it comes out it's got to be a significant amount. 12,000 was a lot, but it's not like a majority of any one group of people. Very interesting. So, uh, so the people who were living, let's say, here in the U.S. during the war... Oh, so I'm thinking, what, what about when you Holocaust, heard about the Holocaust? So I would think, I think the only reason why not, it was probably a Shmur Rechokah. It probably was a till people really knew what really happened. It wasn't within thirty days. The new, I mean, they knew it was bad, but I don't know at what time do you think they found out it was six million? I don't think in nineteen forty-two. You know, and you know, people were there were only a few amount of people who were really involved and really knew what was going on. And then again, you know, it wasn't happening in any one specific time. It took six years. So, like, it, this, the Battle of Plesim was one day. Boom. So, you know, chas v'shom, we should never have to make this bracha. But, you know, the only way chas v'shom, this halach would apply, if God forbid, Israel got nuked. You know, chas v'shom. Then, then you'd make the bracha. But uh, other than that, uh, so Mirzah we should never have to learn the halacha and not have to do the halacha. Okay.
Now, but now the question is, wait a minute. He said Shvormalka killed 12,000. Umi kotl Shvormalka doi. But did Shvormalka kill, was it Jews? Did he kill Jews? What do you mean, tell me he killed Jews? You know, the Pasuk says he killed Jews. Well, not the Pasuk. Um, they they said to Shmuel that Shvarmalka killed Jews. But but Shmar, but why? But Shvarmalka, he said to Shmuel, I deserve a reward. I never killed any Jews. So now we have two contradictory statements. Shmuel said Shvarmalka killed 12,000 Jews. And Shvarmalka says, I never killed any Jews. So you could say the answer is, he's a liar. <laughs> He's Joe Biden. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want? I mean, I don't, I, now, now, I guess in the olden days, I guess even a Russia didn't lie. That's the only thing, because Gomorrah does not say, since when do you trust a liar? So what's going on? So Gomorrah answers, Hasaminu Garmele. There, the Jews of Caesarea brought it on themselves because they rebelled against Shvormalka. So he, what he meant is, I never killed Jews senselessly. I never started up with Jews. If they rebelled against me, what do you want? But in general, I'm not an anti-Semite. But if you rebel against me, I'm going to put it down. Okay. To Amarav Ami, for we know, Rav Ami said, From the noise of the harp springs of strings of Mezigas Cesario that were played gleefully when its citizens rebelled. The wall of the city of Lutkia cracked, and therefore it means all bad things happened because they were rebelling and they were happy about it. Okay, so they have taken care of these events. We move on to the next thing you have to rip your garment for. Albirkas Hashem How you know when somebody blasphemes God? Okay, so again, we have an event that happened. Um, this was a, a, this is before it talks about blasphemy that was said and then it says so Eliakim the son of Chilkia came Asher Labayis was in charge of the palace and Shevna the scribe who was the recorder of Chizkio and they came they came with garments that were ripped and earlier it shows that the, there was a blasphemy that was said. We're just going to talk about it a little bit more. So they came with their clothes ripped. And it's, the story before said they heard the blasphemer. So they come to the king and they have their garments ripped. Okay. Now the Bryce uh, explains this halacha. Who rips their garments exactly? Tanur the Bryce says. Now remember, if uh, what if you see a guy cursing God. So what's the halacha? That guy's put to death. How is he put to death? We have to have witnesses coming to a court and they have to testify. Now the question is, what do they testify? Do they say, well, we heard this guy blaspheme God. So what's the best and have to ask him? What did, what did he say? What did you exactly hear? You may think he cursed God. Tell us, say what he said. Oh, there you go, bro. So now if he says, but, but I don't want you. Say what he says. So now the question is, now the best in hears the blasphemy of God. So where how far does this go? So that's what the Brisa says. Regardless, if you hear the blasphemy yourself, 
Meaning, if you're a witness and you see this guy blasphemy, right then you have to rip your garment. And one who hears from someone who heard it originally, that's the Besdin, obviously. Chayav Likroa, out there to rip their garments. Now, here's the question, though. How about the witnesses who ripped their garments now come and now they have to blaspheme God's name? Do they have to rip their garments again? So, the witnesses do not have to rip again because they heard it when the actual blasphemy happened. Okay? And this is all, I already spoke all this out. Everything was said. Okay, very good. That's assuming the guy who writes knows what the letters are saying. What if the guy wrote letters and he, you know, flunked grade one? He thinks uh, a shin goes and whatever. So maybe he heard something else in here. So you don't know. You have to hear what did the guy exactly say. Okay. Now the Gemara asks the question. So even if they ripped their garments when they heard of the blasphemy, what what of it? In other words, hashami hasta. But why they are hearing it anew now when they repeat it? Shouldn't they say it again? So maybe. So no, because look at the psukim that taught us the verse. This is the source. The it says. When Chizkia heard what they said, remember, these guys heard the other guy blaspheme. They ripped then, they come in with their garments ripped, they now tell Chizkia, now let's look at the next passage. When Chizkia HaMelech heard what happens, he ripped his garments. What does it not say? It, it doesn't say, and they ripped again. It doesn't say. So, HaMelech Korah, the king ripped, but they did not rip. So that's the proof that they only rip once and they don't do a second time. Now what's the source that you can't sew it back together? So they make kriya. We do ripping to ripping. Here it says, And by Elisha it says, So we have shava. Okay, good. Next. What if it happened today and somebody got it on their cell phone and went to the base and played the recording? They ripped? I don't know. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> it depends, you know, what you hold. Let's put it this way. Can you hear the McGill over the phone? Thinking, you can't. No, it doesn't count. So you didn't really hear it. But maybe it's different because. It's, it's not a question of being yotze. Megillah, you have to be yotze, meaning it's right. as if you read it. Right. So maybe you didn't hear it. But with the phone, l'chayra, you've proved the fact. Here it's a question of proving facts, <coughs> not making someone yotze. So there, I would say, you, you would rip your garment again. Because you've heard it. You did hear it. You didn't have to say it. Right. So that's why I would assume you would have to rip again because you did hear the blasphemy of God. Someone said it and you heard it and it's it. So, uh, and you know that he said it. 
Now, you're not trying to have kavana to be yotze in cursing out God. <laughs> to say, oh, well, curse out God and be yotze me. Well, then maybe it wasn't yotze you. <laughs> and you don't get killed. But to prove, but to prove, remember this question being yotze and proving that it happened. Those are two separate gedorim. So I want you to say it for me as if I said it, then I have to hear your actual voice. And this is not really your actual voice. But if I want to prove that the guy said it, so I don't have to hear your actual voice, whatever the electrodes are saying is telling us what the guy said. And therefore we prove that the guy said it, and therefore he should get killed. Okay, we'll stop it over here. Tomorrow we go to Safer, not tomorrow, Monday, Safer Torah that gets burned. Did your wife have her uh, appointment today? Yes, sir, she's clear. So tomorrow, today is... So today you said she has two appointments, you said. No, today, yesterday the dentist put it in, and today she's going to the specialist. Oncology. Oncology, what do you call it? The specialist. The mouth, the mouth specialist? The oral surgeon. It's a fancier name. Fancier name for an oral surgeon. Yeah, exactly. To check it out. Okay, so God willing. She's okay. She looks better now? Yeah, the bruising is down and the the coloring, the black coloring is gone. almost gone. Okay. So, so by Shabbos, she'll look good. Yes. Tell her I want to see her so I can say goodbye. Oh, yes. I told her that. <laughs> um, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to dive it inside because I've got a cold. I don't want to okay, alright, fine. Shoes open. Yeah. Yes. With Jerry's reading uh, intro to Talmud, and if there's a reading that's at the bar, apostrophe, is that Mebi or Rabbi? I think it's Mebi. Uh, well, I guess then it's Rebbe. Yeah, and Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends where if he's in Bavel, if he's in it, if he got smicha okay, yeah. or not. So if it's smicha, then it's Rebbe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Name is periodontist. That's, That's it. What they call it. Okay, got it. Orthodontist, periodontist. Okay. <laughs>